Hey you, do us a favor. Before you start listening to this great episode, go ahead and like, subscribe, and give us your feedback on whatever app you're listening to us on. Thanks, now enjoy. Welcome to the FOH After Dark Podcast. Listeners, please be advised. This is adults only podcast. Yes, adults only. <laughs> and if you're uncomfortable with sexual conversation, please, please get the fuck out of here. Yo, it's your girl, DJ Baby Blue Diamond. Hey, Nicholas Brown, aka Pretty Nicky, what they call me. And tonight we have a special guest, Chanel Brianna. Hi, everyone. So how is your night so far, Miss Chanel? Um, a bit hectic, but it's cool. I'm, I'm good. Just putting my kids to bed, that type of thing. But besides that, everything is great. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. We, Miss Chanel Brianna is a sexual education, sexual educational educator and expressions for all. Explain to us about your business, Seductive Source. What is that? So I started Seductive Source because I would be on my social media timelines and there would be so many people talking about sex and they would be saying all the wrong things as adults. So I'm like, you know, I've always known that sex health education is something that's needed in schools and it's not funded. You know, these things are not being taught in schools anymore. But then I start seeing that it's affecting adults. So why not start a platform that um, gives sexual health information to adults and tips and tricks, but also to aspire adults to want to teach their children or other children about sex in a real and comfortable way? So that's been my main goal, to just bring sex to the world in a comfortable and educational and fun way, because so many people talk about sex in such the wrong ways. And I'm sure you guys see that yourselves, too. You're like, what are y'all even talking about? And it's, yeah, that was my main reason for starting to educate adults so the next generations won't be talking about sex in the wrong ways. Well, I see it in the kids I work with. And I work with elementary school kids. <laughs> yes. And, you know, kids will say the darnest things, but you're like, this is coming from somewhere. It's coming from a place of not being educated, but also being educated by adults that don't know what they're talking about either. Exactly. What is one misconception that you hear coming from, from a male side and a female side? Just like the top um, one you hear so often. The one I hear often from women is about the size of the penis when it comes to sex. I hear so many misconceptions when it comes to that. And then with men, I hear the misconception of the size of vaginas, speaking about like how vaginas loose, how vaginas tight, like so many men don't really know about vaginas and why they are the way that they are. Then when it comes to men, there's so many misconceptions on them thinking that they're doing a good job, but they're not really doing a good job because there's so many women that are not having orgasms. So those seem to be the biggest issues. Oh, wow. What is, um, what, what age group do you mostly deal with when it comes to sex education? Between the ages of 18 and 25. 18 and 25. Yes. How can, I know, um, how can we start at a younger age when, um, to teach 
these kids about sex education? What's the best way to start them off young? I'm not too, too young, but before they get to that high school age where they're trying to do experiments. experiments. Yes. <laughs> I would say the best age to start just teaching about genitals and the real things about genitals. It may sound crazy, but age five seems like the best time. Like my children, I have twin boys. They're three years old. And when it comes to teaching about the genitals, I use scientific termination. Like I say, penis, vagina. So I think that when it comes to a young age, you should teach about the genitals in a real way. And then once it gets to about age 13, I feel like that's when you should start teaching about sexual health. Like, you know, things like bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, and also how when, you know, people with a penis, when they don't really take care of themselves, how that can also affect the vagina. So I think the best time to start teaching is age 13. And then when you hit the age 18, I think that's the best time to start teaching about like tips and tricks, how to please someone once you do start being sexually active, because even if we don't want to accept it, the older we're getting, sex is starting at a younger age than when we were younger. So I feel like it's best to start teaching about tips, tips and tricks at the age of 18 sexual health at the age of 13 and as young as you want to start start teaching about genitals at about three four years old in my opinion okay i like that um i know you said that your kids know the proper term terminology when it comes to body parts is there a main reason why kids should know that um i think it's best for kids to know that because we're not hiding things from them. And, you know, they're going to be curious either way, but with them being curious, they'll be responsible and not just being curious and going off, flying off the seat of their pants or just looking at things they've seen on social media or movies and things like that. Like it starts at home. So when we teach the truths about things, once they go in curious, they'll at least go in knowing what to think, what to say, they won't go in with a blind eye. I feel like that's that's the best thing. And then when it like when I'm teaching my children not to have people touch certain areas, if I say, you know, don't have people touch your penis, don't have people touch your vagina. It's not really like in a playful man manner. Like I'm not telling them like, hey, don't tell people to touch your pee pee. Like it kind of comes off like, you know, funny and cute. Yeah. We don't want it to come off that way. We want it to come off in a truthful, in a genuine way. So they they know what to do once they go off and be curious in their own world because we can't stop kids from doing things but if we educate them that's the first thing that should happen i agree with that yes that's good that's good uh, somebody told me that they that, you know that's one way predators run game you know they'll come across yes. a little kid and be like nobody has ever taught you about what a vagina is and what it does and then boom it escalates from there so yeah that's good Great point. So, like, if children go into a situation like that, God forbid, but, you know, it, it does happen when they go into a situation, they can say, hey, my mom told me don't let anybody touch my penis or vagina, or my dad told me not to let anybody touch my penis or vagina. These are my private parts, and you're not welcome. But if we're teaching them things like, hey, this is your little wee-wee or your little your little VV and things like that, it kind of makes it seem like it's cute and funny, and then it's easier for them to be manipulated, and we don't want those things. Yeah, my brother did the same thing with my with, with my niece. He just talked to her about things. And then uh, it was some kind of movie that came up. And, and then I brought it up in conversation to talk to her about it as well, just in case. And she was saying that, oh, vagina is this. And 
penis is that? And then I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, so your, your father went over this? Like, yeah, we talked for a while. And 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 she kind of gave a look like he kind of put the fear of God in her own <laughs> or whatever, or how serious it is. But but yeah, I, yeah, that's the best way to do it. You, you, you're on the right track with that, man. That's yes, good. you want to be as honest as possible just because it prevents certain things from happening. What is some main tips you have for any high schoolers who are, um, I guess, experimenting? I want to. So for high schoolers that are experimenting, <laughs> um, this is probably the most nerve-wracking time to experience with sex because it may not be as easy for us to talk to parents, to talk to doctors, and things like that. So. Um, for people who are teenagers that do want to come onto my platform, it is for adults and older, but I mean, children are going to find things, whether it's for adults or not. So yeah. my main tips for high schoolers would be to take care of your penis and vagina and always practice safe sex. And even if you don't practice safe sex, find your local clinic, find your local doctor, just, or reach out to an adult that you trust to give you health tips so i guess for high schoolers that have a vagina i would recommend them to make sure they have a great diet when they come when it comes to their vagina they're going through puberty so so many different things are changing and when you start experimenting with sex you can just start to make the vagina kind of go chaotic so i would recommend for young women to take advantage of clinics that are around that are free clinics that are confidential if you just have questions if you feel like something isn't right down there, immediately go to someone that you can trust. I know Planned Parenthood tends to have, you know, a certain stigma on it, but those are the type of places you can trust to at least go and get a screening if you're feeling some kind of way. But um, as far as penises, when it comes to high schoolers, I would recommend that they just stay safe with who they have sex with, how many partners that they have. But also, people with a penis, don't be afraid to go visit a clinic as well, because you can get so many different tips. You can get different screenings, different STD screenings. And if you are having sex, practice safe sex. Yes, sex without a condom may feel better, but it's probably not the best way to go because you're only a child and you're still experimenting. So you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you don't know what to do. Say if the vagina or the penis is leaking something that you've never seen before, you want to avoid those type of situations. So always practice safe sex, practice a great diet and drink as much water as possible. That's the most important thing. And I don't feel like we're taught that young, like at a very young age, water really makes a difference. If we're consuming water constantly, it's flushing out so many different things we're consuming every day, especially high schoolers. When you're in high school, you're just kind of eating whatever, doing whatever. You may not even be washing up correctly. Not your fault. You're still a kid. But just maintaining a good diet, doctor's visits, and practicing safe sex. Those are my best tips for high schoolers. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, shoot, high school. I mean, I wish there was a lot of things that, that they could have educated us in high school, especially yeah. with the, like, I have a cousin or whatever, like, with the water part, and he, all he used to drink was just soda, 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 soda. Eventually, it broke his skin out real bad, and then eventually, you know, he got to weed, get off the, the sugary um, drinks, started drinking water, and cleared up. Yes. Now, and water is so But, but one but with the cleaning part, what's one of the uh, 
biggest things that that teenagers tend to miss whenever it comes to cleaning themselves? I think the things that people with a vagina may experience when it comes to cleaning things, they think that they need some type of scented soap or a douche or something to clean their insides. And that's really not the case. When it comes to the vagina, it's a self-cleaning organ. So those who are teenagers should really practice only cleaning with water. Do not experiment with douches. Do not experiment with scented soaps because all that does is make the hormones go crazy. And that's when things like infections start to come in. I know it may seem like the best thing after sex or even if you're not having sex, but those are some of the worst things. I'll even say myself, like being a teenager, if I felt like something crazy was going on down there, my first thing would be like, okay, let me go get some soap that smells good and go ahead and wash. And all that does is make things worse. You don't want to do that. The vagina is a self-cleaning organ, but if the insides are not clean, then the vagina is not going to be clean. So my biggest thing would be, even if you are a teenager and your diet's not the best, at least make sure that your water intake, that you're getting the proper water intake every single day to flush those things out. The same advice for the penis. It's not a self-cleaning organ. The penis should be clean and the testicles should be clean thoroughly. And you can actually clean those things with scented soaps and whatnot, but you really want to make sure that the insides are clean because that's what's going to help keep your genitals as pure as possible. And you also want to practice safe sex. If you do not practice safe sex, then that can lead to so many different things. So those are my biggest tips for keeping the vagina and penis clean. Does the food, I know you mentioned that the Fuji does matter, but what about the fruits? Because I know they say certain fruits matter to females. Yes. So both the penis and the vagina can benefit from certain types of fruits. So the biggest, the best fruit, in my opinion, from my experience and from different doctors, what they recommend, papaya is the best for the penis and the vagina. Um, Of course, pineapples, but you want to have fresh fruit. You don't want to get frozen fruits. Okay. If you can't get fresh fruit at the moment, but don't get anything canned. So papaya, pineapples, blueberries, strawberries, apples and leafy greens are some of the best things that you can consume to keep the vagina and the penis healthy and it also helps with the taste of fluids as well the taste of fluids yes but pretty much anything that we eat is going to affect the taste of fluids so if you have onions and that's going your fluids are going to taste like onions but pretty much anything consumed is going to affect the taste that's why i definitely recommend water and I, def- I recommend this for adults. You want your fluids to taste really good. So consuming water every single day, as much as you're supposed to be taking due to your weight, that's going to help keep your fluids nice and fresh. Okay, I like that. Yeah. That's why y'all. That's why y'all be salty. Yes, yeah, definitely. If you're only eating chips, drinking soda, and all that, your fluids are gonna taste like that. Like everything that comes in is gonna go out. So I think a lot of people miss that. And then when we're having sex, a lot of people don't, they may be nervous to tell their partner like, hey, this tastes like that, this tastes like that. So another thing, just be honest with your partner about how their fluids taste because they can change that by just changing their diet. Yeah, yeah. There's this one guy I used to follow on YouTube, this guy called Ace, he was a, uh, the dude was a porn star in like the early 2000s. And he was saying how when he first started, he used to eat you know, just regular stuff like steaks and things of that nature. And uh-huh. um, those women, they said that they didn't like the taste of it because it 
the iron and, and stuff like that and the red meat, it, it threw off the taste. And, and one yes. one I guess one guy, his his diet was so bad, the the woman clowned him and said that his stuff tastes like battery acid. I was just you know gonna I mean? say that. <laughs> battery acid. They can do like, that. Dang. If if you have enough steak in your diet, yeah, you you and walking around here with the battery with acid. Steak comes with all types of stuff, so it can definitely affect the way that you taste. And even like I said, if your diet's not the greatest. Of course, you want to change it, but if it's not the greatest, you don't want to change it. At least consume enough water to flush all of that out. That's what's mainly going to help. I know people say different things like, oh, you can try this, try that. But the main culprit in keeping your genitals nice and clean and tasting well is going to be water. You have to drink enough water every single day. What about milk? Does that really affect? Um, milk, it won't affect the way that your genitals taste. But it can, it's just good for you. Milk's good for your body in general, but it's not going to so much affect the way that you taste unless you're just drinking milk constantly and nothing else. But it doesn't really have an effect on genital fluids. Okay. I always wondered that. Yeah, another thing the guy said that he, uh, to get his stuff right, he used to have drinking like a lot of, uh, like, not only was he working out drinking water, like you said, but he was having like natural smoothies, like, uh, uh mango raspberry smoothies mango blueberry smoothies and stuff like that he he just thought to incorporate a lot of mango with his stuff and slowly but surely by the time he was by 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 the time he reached like his eighth film or whatever with the women were complimenting him on his on his um on his semen yes. seasoning the seasoning of his semen i guess <laughs> Yes, fruits and vegetables definitely help. And I do have a video on my page that shows the perfect smoothie for vaginal health, but it also shows the perfect smoothie. Like that smoothie can be for those with a penis as well. It's not just limited to vaginas. Like different fruits and vegetables are not only going to have you be healthy, but it's going to affect the way that you taste. And all foods are not going to affect the way that you taste in a good way. And it doesn't mean that you're having a terrible diet. Like say, for instance, if we all had a pasta that was, that was filled with onions and garlic, whatever we sweat out or whatever our fluids have coming out is going to taste like that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that your fluids are unhealthy. Like everything that we eat affects the way that you taste. So if you're having sex and it's planned, then you probably want to plan how you eat for that day or those days before. I saw on your page that you mentioned a um, nipplegasm. Is that really a thing? Yes. <laughs> So you can achieve a nipplegasm by stimulating the nipples and stim stimulating the breast, but it's something that you really have to focus on. So you can't just be just laying there and just, hey, whatever, you're just rubbing my nipples and it's fine. It's something that you want to focus on. I would recommend probably closing your eyes and solely focusing on anything that gets you off or the person that's stimulating the breast and the nipples. I would recommend that they talk to the person, kiss their neck and face, or just caress and massage them so when it comes to reaching a nipplegasm it's not just rubbing the nipples and pinching them it's foreplay plus nipple play and you can definitely everybody won't achieve one and that doesn't mean anything is wrong with you personally but um it's something that you should practice often and you can definitely achieve a nipplegasm okay um i also saw that you posted about stretching Yes. Before doing any activity, why is that? Is that really like a important thing, or 
it's to me it's very important because it gets you loose not only does it get you loose it increases blood flow so it makes it easier for you for someone to get an erection that has a penis and it makes it easier for someone with a vagina to um become wet it prevents injury so when you're trying to experiment with different positions if you're going from one position to another if you stretch before it can prevent you from getting hurt switching positions so to me it just makes sex so much better. Your body is loose, your mind is loose, and everything can become fun if you stretch before sex. Yeah, that that I could attest to. Yeah, like, <laughs> nothing, nothing is worse than when you're in the middle of it, and all of a sudden the back of your 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 hamstring just start cramping up. <laughs> exactly, or you're pulling and a you got, Charlie horse or something. Yeah, that's that's not fun, but it's very common, and I'm sure all of us it's can funny. attest to that. It's funny. And it's very underrated. A lot of people don't talk about stretching before sex, but it definitely, definitely helps. It's funny. Um, <laughs> I love my train of thought. I was just thinking about that. That's very funny <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> you had, um, now, if you are not typically known as a, to be a squirter, is there a way someone can be, I, I wouldn't say taught, but can learn to become a squirter? So you can practice different things to squirt, but that doesn't mean you're going to squirt. It's not a guarantee that you will squirt. And that doesn't mean something's wrong with you. And it doesn't mean something's wrong with the person you're having sex with. But the best way to try to achieve a squirt is by stimulating the G-spot, either with fingers or a toy or with um, the penis. Um you should drink a lot of water before you try to squirt because squirt does contain urine. It's a very complicated thing, but squirt is coming out of the urethra, which is the same area that urine comes out of. So there may be some components of urine in the squirt. So just make sure you do drink a lot of water. That way, whatever's coming out, it'll mainly just be water. It won't have a smell or taste. But um, just stimulating, like keeping the fingers in kind of a curved motion and stimulating the G-spot can help achieve a squirt. Doing certain positions like doggy style. And if you're doing that with a curved penis, you'll probably have better luck. But even with the straight penis, if you're just practicing during doggy style, that can definitely help you achieve a squirt. But like I was saying at first, everybody doesn't squirt. But that does not mean that something's wrong with you. That doesn't mean something's wrong with your partner. But if that's something you really want to achieve, just practice that constantly and it takes stimulating the g-spot <laughs> i yeah. saw that you have items for the nightstand yes <laughs> it says hand sanitizer mint sour for cotton mouth water and lemon lube towel one wet one dry hair ties toys camcorder plus charger oil and disinfectant wipes what yes. is your top three that you should definitely have in the camcorder and charger. I don't know about that one. But. So that's for people who want to like have fun recording themselves. So I'm not going to name that as the most important because everybody doesn't <laughs> want to record themselves. But the best thing, the top three, I would say would be the towels. One that's wet, one that's dry because, you know, things can get messy, but you don't want to say, oh, hey, I have to stop. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. You want to be able to just kind of grab something off the nightstand, do it real quick, place it back, keep going. I would say hand sanitizer because things, again, can get messy. So you'll want to, you know, have something on deck to be able to wipe off, clean off. And then I would say toys 
only because there's a lot of people who have a penis tend to think that toys are their competition instead of having teamwork with the toys. So that's most important to me because a lot of people with the vagina have a hard time reaching an orgasm. And those with the penis tend to have a hard time helping the vagina reach an orgasm. And toys can make things so much easier and so much more fun. So those are my top three. Yeah. It's a cheat code, especially if she if, if she's an experienced woman. Yes. Most definitely. definitely. And don't be ashamed to bring toys into the bedroom. Like I said, it's it's your teammate. It's not competition. If a person with the vagina brings up to you that they want to incorporate toys, it doesn't mean that they think less of you. It just makes things more fun for everyone. And I feel like when those with the penis become comfortable with toys, they find pleasure in having fun with it themselves because they're seeing their partner be pleased. I want to know, what did you, um, what does it mean when you said that good kitty or good penis isn't a look, it's all about your awe and performance. So do people really think that it has to look a certain way? um, I think, you know, society standards of beauty tends to get in the way of sex. And especially with us being in quarantine, I feel like a lot of, you know, people who are just now becoming adults, they're not outside seeing real bodies. They're not outside seeing real people. So they think that sex appeal is everything that they see on their timeline, which is not the case. Mm -hmm. When you go on to porn websites, just myself personally, like if I had to go on to porn websites, a lot of people that are on there do not fit society's standards of beauty. But porn is being consumed by everyone daily. Why is that the case? Because they have natural sex appeal. And in my opinion, you can achieve natural sex appeal by just being confident, knowing who you are sexually, which is why I recommend masturbating. Not a whole lot, not to where it's unhealthy, but just getting to know yourself. You'll know how to navigate yourself through sex. And just having a certain aura where you're like, I know I'm the shit. I know what I'm doing is the shit. So uh, I'm sorry, can I curse? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know, you just, Mm -hmm. you feel like you're, that person who's going into sex and doing your thing, that's the sexiest thing, in my opinion, that you can have when you're going into sex is the confidence. And then that's where the sex appeal comes in. Yeah. It's all about yeah. your aura. It's not about the assets that you that have been implanted into you. It's not about the makeup you put on your face. It's not about the draws you put on. It's not about, you know, any of that. It's really just about your aura. Yeah. And for guys, ask questions before you go in. Yes, definitely. That's communication is number one, definitely. And I think that that gets lost a lot when people do talk about sex. They kind of just jump into sex, which is why I don't recommend one night stands. I never recommend them unless you just feel like with that person, y'all have a connection. It's just, hey, bam, we're going to have the best sex ever. Cool. But I don't recommend one night stands because there's no communication. Nobody knows what the other person likes. You know, you don't know what gets you off, what turns you off. Communication is number one. Yeah, I agree right with that. about that. No nice stand stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah she, fi- she fine as hell in the club. You get her home, pull down stuff and stuff spinning like, you know. <laughs> and, and see, you know, it's like that. that's why you want to have that communication because somebody might be having something going on and they get drunk and then they forget like, hey, I might have BV. I might have signs of a yeast infection and they don't even remember to tell you because they're so far gone. You're so far gone. Nobody even cares. <laughs> Does um, bringing food into the situation actually help 
Because, you know, sometimes people like to foreplay with food. I'm just like, no, nah, yes. that's just a little sticky. So for some people, that's going to work. For some people, it's not. And if you're going to incorporate food into sex, I just recommend anything that you're going to bring in, don't put it on the vagina. I know it seems to to be a thing where people like to put honey on the vagina or chocolate and things like that. Don't do that. No matter if it's sugar-free or not, those things can affect the pH balance and cause different types of infections. Not saying that they will, but they possibly can. So I don't recommend that. And if you're going to bring food into sex, like if you're going to put it on the penis, that's cool. But just make sure you guys shower after. If if you're going to bring food, I would just recommend putting it on body parts like the arm, the neck, lips, face, stomach, legs, or like I said, even the penis, but just make sure that you guys clean yourselves after because the vagina is such a sensitive area that anything can pretty much affect the pH balance. And you don't want that. I agree with that. Yeah. I like that. It was funny to say, even if it's sugar-free. Don't yeah, like, but fun, but food is definitely fun for foreplay, for sure. It's like don't one, it's, it's eating. Who doesn't like eating? But um, it, it can definitely be fun. I'm just picturing like you use honey, right? And it throws it off. And then all of a sudden you have a you have a yeast inspection that smells like honey nut Cheerios. That, that <laughs> is so and that's what you don't want. <laughs> honey nut Cheerios. Sugar free honey nut Cheerios. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but um for people who are not a big fan of porn, um, what are some tips for them to like ease their way into it if they want to get into it or if they want to like spice up their life i guess so i would recommend and this may still be uncomfortable for some people but when you're masturbating i would recommend recording yourself even if it does feel uncomfortable who's looking at it but you just find the, find the confidence to record yourself at different angles to get your face get your body get your genitals you know it's just best to record yourself first Talk about it with your partner and you want to have sex with somebody that you can be comfortable with. Don't have sex with somebody that can possibly make fun of you or make you feel bad about yourself and ease your way into the conversation of recording yourselves. And you don't want to do it with somebody you don't trust because you never know what they'll try to do with the footage. But um, I would just recommend don't be afraid to get a ring light. And when you're getting yourself off, set the camera up, look at how you look and really study yourself and build the confidence to know that, hey, when I'm on camera, I look great. Let me introduce this to my partner and see how they feel about it. And it just really takes having that conversation and having that confidence to want to see yourself on camera. And seeing yourself on camera just makes sex so much more fun because you're like, whoa, like I look like this getting pleased. Like this is amazing. And then you can possibly get off to watching your own things too instead of trying to watch porn because porn can be toxic makes you think that you need to look a certain way when that's really not the case and i do recommend for people if they're not very comfortable with watching porn but they do want to introduce themselves to it try watching amateur porn like porn that's recorded on a phone a phone porn that's recorded on a camcorder in somebody's house and that can help build your confidence on how you want to look or the things you want to say when you're on camera because you're seeing people that look like you you're seeing people that are everyday people you're not just seeing people who are who have a production team or people who've been on a surgical table not anything against surgery but you know it's just everyday people that can help build your confidence to be on camera too what are your what's one place you feel like is the best place to get it on and one place you're just like 
I know it seems cool, but don't do it. Don't get it on there. Um, best place to get it on, in my opinion, would besides be the bed. <laughs> besides the bed. Um. Oh wow. Let me go with the worst first. The worst would be a park. Don't do a park. That even if it seems like it's empty, there's no mosquitoes. one there. Don't do a park. Anybody can pop up. Pets, mosquitoes. People. Kids, hey, don't go park. No, yeah. if you're having a picnic and you're feeling like, wow, I really want to get in the mood, just don't do that. Nobody wants a ticket. Nobody wants anybody walking on them, up on them and seeing. I would say the best place, um, the shower. No, wow. I would say the shower. The only thing is water gets in the way, and water is not fun mm -hmm. because water can wash away all the fluids. And unless shower can be the best place if you have lube. Have some lube on deck if you're going to be in the shower because water, the water can wash off all the natural fluids and make things dry. But if you have lube, it can definitely make it fun. I would say hmm. the kitchen counter. Um, public sex can be fun because it's so taboo. I just can't think of really. I mean, the, the, the dressing room. I mean, I mean, in terms of public, dog. To all right, this this is this is what what, what I kind of do whenever I meet somebody and we and we wanted to want to get into it go to a movie theater in the middle of the day like on a Tuesday and it gotta be a film that sucks yes that ain't nobody <laughs> talking about or one I messed been out for a long time because I messed up and missed Beowulf Inception <laughs> and Tenet recently all cause I'm around here's <laughs> I'm right here making it do what it do. Nice. And, and, and films. Wait, exactly. you to a movie that nobody's exactly. talking about, that means no one's there. That means you're more likely to get caught, right? Um, well, if ain't I nobody say, done, but it's in the middle of the day. And there was so if nobody's there. there. It's a little easier, too. <laughs> but yes, if I had to say public, I would probably say movie theaters. And like you said, a movie that really, really sucks or a movie that like is nobody's really watching it anymore. <laughs> Definitely. I'm trying to figure out how that's possible, but <laughs> see, the people that are working at the movie theaters don't really want to clean it up anyways like that. They're probably trying their best not to even be in the theaters like that anyways. So I guess you could do a little sneak and then they have the things where you can lift up the armrest now. So if you kind of want to go to the side and do a little something, guess you kind of can. Bring in a little sweat, <laughs> cover yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so and that, you're stepping out of there sweat. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Then I'm like, sir. How you sweating after watching a movie? <laughs> like I was nervous. <laughs> exactly. I was on. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Nolan, <laughs> a beast. I feel like movie days are too cold to even want to do anything. Yeah, they can get a little chilly too. <laughs> they too cold. They too chilly. I don't know. It ain't rousing nothing with the cold. It's not. Now, with social media being like the main thing, especially since this pandemic, everybody want to post these funny memes, funny videos about relationships, sex, all that. What's one funny video you've seen that's funny, but they kind of got it correct when it comes to sex, relationships, anything that you've seen? It's like, that's a funny way to explain it, but it's true. Um, When women say things like, you know, when he thinks he's doing his thing, but he really not doing it, and you can't wait for it to be over. That's hilarious, mm. but it's definitely true, and it's sad. 
but it's only true because there's a miscommunication there. Like people are not communicating what they want. And I know it comes out of nervousness. So for example, like those with the vagina, and this, this was somebody who was a woman that posted this. Those with the vagina tend to reach orgasms way less than what those with the penis do. And that just comes from people with the vagina not communicating. And then when they do communicate, it comes from people with a penis not receiving that so well. So my best advice would be to, for guys with the penis, listen to those with the vagina when they say, I don't like this. This could be better. Hey, do you think you can do this? But those with the vagina, don't be harsh in your criticism either. Because that's all that's going to do is just make the man shut down or is going to make him feel very, very insecure to the point where he's either going to take it, project it onto you or where he's just not going to care to even try to please you. So I would just say to say confidently and compassionately what you want and don't want. And even those with the penis. I hear them complain a lot about fellatio. I'll hear them say that like a lot of women not giving good head. That's funny too, but it yeah. seems to be very true because there's a lot of complaints. But with guys, they shouldn't say things like, oh, this head is weak. Just say like, you know, hey, do you, you know, I would like this to be done or even recommend, I would say for people, don't be afraid to recommend a porn star that you may have grown up liking, but it just depends on the relationship between the two people too. It needs to be a comfortable relationship. You know, recommend like, hey, you want to watch this porn star? This is something that he or she does. And I kind of like that. Or, hey, you could do this differently. You want to practice this. Like, it just really is a miscommunication between both parties. And that's why great sex is not happening all the time. Because people are kind of afraid to express what they want, which shouldn't be the thing. Yeah. And if they want to be hard-headed, leave them alone. Because trust exactly. me, I've, <laughs> I've, I've done that sometimes with, with one or two women. I'm like, I'll show them little scenes. Like, I, want, I like women that are vocal. So here's three scenes as an example. I like this, I like that. They still want to go ahead and do what they what, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, pretty much that yeah. mind frame. And then so, you want to say like, hey, you know, I do like what you're doing, but I would like for this to happen too in order to please me because every vagina and penis is different. Everybody's not the same in what they want. I agree with that. Well, thank you, Miss Chanel, for being on our show. Before we let you go, we always like to have a sex toy of the week. Do you have any recommendations for this uh, week? Let me think of a recommendation. Okay, since we were just talking about, you know, women, well, those with the vagina giving bad head to those with the penis, I guess my best advice would be to focus on the glands, which are which is considered the tip, quote unquote you know, focus on that, become best friends with the glands and be sensitive, but focus on pleasing that. Use your free hand to stimulate the shaft at the, at the same time as you're pleasing the tip. And then use the other free hand to massage the testicles at the same time. And the free hand that's stimulating the shaft, you'll want to use like a kind of like a, a, a grinder like a salt and pepper grinder type of movement when you're doing when you're pleasing yes at the same time while you're pleasing the glands and pleasing the scrotum but be very gentle with the testicles as you're pleasing them don't be rough i tend to see a lot of porn videos where they're very rough with the testicles i don't know if it's because everybody's drunk and high and having a great time <laughs> they don't feel nothing but just be really gentle when pleasing the testicles and then when it comes to giving cunnilingus to the vagina for people that are down there doing that focus 
on the clitoris. You don't have to do the extra stuff. The head movements, doing all the extras, you don't have to do that. Just focus on the clitoris because that has the most nerve endings and the clitoris is the only bodily organ that's solely for sexual pleasure. No other bodily organ is solely for sexual pleasure. So that should tell you a lot. Only focus on the clitoris. And, you know, massage other areas, of course, but your main focus should be the clitoris. Okay. I like that. I like that little tip. Again, thank you for being on our show. It's always a pleasure to have guests like you to give us, you know, healthy advice and make sure that we are doing what we do correctly and safely. I am DJ Bay Blue Diamond. We have Nick Brown, a.k.a. Pretty Nick is what they call me. <laughs> and we are signing out. Thank you, guys. Seriously, this was my first, like, collaboration with somebody. I was really nervous. 